just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back with the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope all is going well with you. And of course, we've got a ton of shit in the news to talk about. Now, normally we talk a lot about politics, but not always. Sometimes some personal things with me and sometimes news stories that aren't necessarily politically corrected. Now, we'll get to some politics stuff later on. But to start things out... This doesn't have much to do with politics directly. This news story dropped literally within minutes before I started recording this podcast. So I hurried to try to get as much information as I could about the story because it's a fucking huge story. It's an important story. And I'll explain why. Apparently, the Pennsylvania Supreme Court has just vacated the conviction of Bill Cosby for sexual assault. Vacated. If you don't know what that means, that means they threw it out. He's free. He's getting out probably as I speak here. Yes, Bill Cosby will be out amongst us again, free and clear, and will not be able to be retried for what he was convicted of. Now, you're thinking, that's some bullshit, and you're right, it is some bullshit. But the question is, how did this happen? How could this possibly occur? Now, when he was convicted, he got three to ten years in prison. He could be looking at the possibility of parole, but he was never going to admit guilt. He was never going to show any remorse, because he's a bullheaded piece of shit, And he was going to have trouble getting parole because of that. But he was sticking by that. So anyway, he didn't need parole because the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, yeah, what went on in his conviction wasn't right. Let him go. And that's exactly what they're doing. So I'll explain to you, as I understand it, what happened and how he's ultimately getting free from this stuff. Because it happened. In spite of the fact that they're letting him free, they're not saying he's innocent. They're saying, yeah, he's guilty. But this is all about a technicality. Now, see, before Bill Cosby was being put on trial for this sexual assault, he was involved in a civil case with a woman by the name of Andrea Constand. She was apparently assaulted at Temple University. Now keep in mind, there are at least 50 other women who have claimed that Bill Cosby drugged and raped them. And so did Andrea Constand. Now here's what I never understood about that story. Bill Cosby is hugely rich, hugely famous, and hugely powerful. Why does a piece of shit like that have to drug a woman to have sex with them. There are plenty of women who are not not above board that would have sex with this guy. But he felt it necessary to drug them and then rape them and then deny the whole thing, even though there's more than 50 people that have said he did it. 
Now, most of those 50 people fell outside the statute of limitations. There wasn't much they could do. Now, Andre Constand was in a civil case with them because, I don't know, maybe she figured there wouldn't, wasn't going to be a chance to, to convict him because he's too big and powerful, or maybe, maybe he was planning to do it after the civil case. So now the DA at that point in Pennsylvania was a gentleman by the name of Castor. Now remember that name because he shows up later on in another scenario. But Castor apparently told Bill Cosby, or allegedly told Bill Cosby, he says, look, you testify at this civil case. You give up your Fifth Amendment rights to not speak. Give her a chance to win this. And in return, we won't charge you with the actual criminal crime. So Bill Cosby's got all kinds of money. He figures, I'm going to get off if I just admit to some things with her. She gets her money. I got plenty. Who gives a shit? Now, Castor is a guy you may remember. Because later on, he ended up being one of Donald Trump's lawyers in the impeachment case. So that gives you an idea what kind of guy Castor is. Now, what happens is he becomes attorney general or something, and another district attorney comes in. Now, when Castor made this deal with Bill Cosby, they wrote nothing down. It was a gentleman's handshake so to speak. (laughs) So the new DA comes in and says, I don't know anything about that. In fact, that whole concept is bullshit because if you cut that deal, then you give this guy immunity for raping women. So he says, no, we're not doing that. Bill Cosby goes to trial. He gets convicted. He gets put in jail. Well, now Bill's not happy about this because he thought he had a deal cut, or at least he claims he thought he had a deal cut, because it wasn't in writing, remember? There's no way to prove that that deal was cut. Now, Bill fought for this, and he sent it to Superior Court and some other courts, and they all said, yeah, there's no deal. We're not letting you out. We're not letting you out. But somehow it got to the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, and people thought the same thing would happen. They aren't going to set him free. There's nothing on paper. Who's to say if this deal was cut? But surprise, 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 the Pennsylvania Supreme Court said, yeah, that sounds good. Let him go. In fact, let him go, and you can't recharge him on this case. So he gets essentially immunity from raping this woman, Andrea Constant. Now, tell me that's not fucked up. Tell me that's not ridiculous. First of all, if Castor did offer that deal, that's outrageous. He knew it was a scam to get um, some money taken out of Bill Cosby's pocket, but at the same time gave him immunity. That sounded like a good deal for Bill Cosby because he's got plenty of money. Now, why didn't they write this down? Because that's a fucked up deal. Nobody in their right mind would cut that deal. That's ridiculous. That's unethical. And then we remind ourselves that, yeah, he was a 
lawyer for Donald Trump in his impeachment. So that says a lot about this D.A. Caster. He's a piece of shit. He may have offered that deal. He may be trying to scam Bill Cosby. He maybe knew what was going to happen. Or maybe he just thought he could make a couple extra bucks by getting Bill Cosby out of his problem and only costing him money and not jail time. Well, the powers that be entered in. He got greedy. I think he went to be the attorney general. New DA comes in and says, fuck that. I don't know anything about that. And if I did, it's crazy. Nobody would do that. So they go to trial. They convict him. Bill Bitches goes to the Superior Court, some other courts. They say, yeah, that's bullshit. No, we're not doing it. Nothing's in writing anyway. But the Supreme Court says, oh, hell yeah. We're all in. Let's let Bill free. Now, here's the big problem. All this is doing is re-traumatizing all those people that were assaulted by Bill Cosby. Not to mention all the other people, all the other women that are assaulted by other powerful men. They thought they had some justice for once. Bill Cosby got caught. He's in prison. Maybe it's not for life, but three to ten is good enough, and he's in prison where he belongs. But now the Pennsylvania Supreme Court comes out and says, yeah, that's all bullshit. We don't care if he raped anybody. Let him go because of a technicality. A technicality they can't even prove because it wasn't written down. I don't know how you explain this. But this is the troubling thing about this country. We all think we're safe because of laws and procedures and norms. But when Donald Trump came into office... We found out none of those had any teeth at all. You could work your way around them if you had power and money. Bill Cosby has power and money. He's in jail, but he still has, what, a billion dollars or whatever he has? It's amazing how if you spread that money around, you can get people to see your way. I'm not saying the Supreme Court was bribed, but it sure seems unusual, doesn't it? No proof of the deal. The deal was outrageous in the first place, but they still let him free. That seems very, very strange to me. You know, I talk a lot about racism, and I have a particular problem with racism. And I've said this before. One of the reasons I have is because it makes no sense. The color of people's skin, the color of their hair, their eyes. None of that matters. It matters about the content of their character. And it's hard for me to understand why other people can't grasp that. I know most of you do, but there are plenty of people out there that are racist. But when I look at racism, I see it as bullying, the epitome of bullying. I've told you before, I had a father that was a narcissistic, sociopathic, racist, pathological liar. He was an asshole. He was hard to deal with. And... I learned a lot by seeing that every day. Now, with all the racism I saw, I thought, fuck it. This is stupid. I'm not doing that. And I didn't. But these people continue to bully people of color, you know, from voter suppression to whatever. And it's appalling. And it needs to be stopped. 
But let's not talk about racism right now. Let's talk about the abuse of women. It is rampant in this country, and it is every much as bullying as racism is. It's violent. It's traumatizing. When women are raped, it affects them for the rest of their lives. In many cases, ruins their lives. You see women not getting the justice they deserve. You see suicides. You see pain. You see trouble. You see struggling. And it seems like the courts and the government don't give a shit. So for me, the abuse, the consistent abuse of women is as appalling as racism. I think any time a particular demographic is picked out to be beat up, pushed down, pushed around, that is a problem. That is something that should not occur in this country. And why everything in everyone's power isn't being done to shut it down, I don't understand. Now, I grew up with a brother and I. We never had to worry about being bullied or pushed around by girls because we were bigger guys and Hell, if I could get attention from a girl, I was happy with it. I did have two younger sisters, but I was kind of young and kind of separated from them in terms of ages. So I don't know exactly what they went through. I think the fact that they had two older big brothers probably limited the kind of trouble they had in school because had we heard about it, my brother and I would have uh, dismantled a couple of abusers or anybody doing something negative to our siblings. But I remember a conversation I had one time, and this really, really opened my eyes to it. My wife had a teacher friend, and she had an adopted daughter. She was uh, part black and part East Indian, and she was a stunning girl. You know, she was 16, 17 years old at the time. She was a beautiful girl, like a model. And, uh, She was a nice kid, too. You know, we'd see her from time to time. And as she got older, when she got to be about 20, 22, she'd come over to pick up something from my wife for her mother. And she hung out. We talked a little bit. We were friends of the family. and We got to be friends with her as she got older. And we were talking. And she told me a story that just set me back on my heels. The fact is, it wasn't one story. It was multiple and multiple stories. And she was talking about the harassment she received when she was outdoors or in public someplace. Now, we've all heard about cat calls and people saying, hey, baby. But it's much more insidious than that. At least that's what I found out in talking to this this girl. She says she can't remember a time when she walked outside, went to a mall, went to a restaurant, where somebody didn't say something to her. Imagine that. Walking outdoors, no matter where you go, somebody makes a comment to you, whether it be a cat call or, hey, baby, or can I get your number? And the problem with that is I'm thinking to myself, that's horrible. You can't walk outdoors, you're not a celebrity, without being accosted by somebody. And sometimes these things got more aggressive than just words. 
And this happened all the time for this poor girl. And it upset me. I thought, man, if this were my daughter, I'd get her a big-ass dog and a, and a bat and send her on the streets and let her do what she needs to do. But that told me a lot about our society. Now, here's a young girl, 22 years old, not bothering anybody, trying to start her life. And everywhere she goes, she gets accosted, called out, sometimes even manhandled and, 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 and abused verbally. Sometimes physically, because guys will grab you and do whatever. And I thought, this is a fucking America. This should not happen. This should not allowed to happen. And this girl was a very nice, sharp, well-adjusted girl. And somehow, she looked at it as, well, that's just my life. And that's the sad part of it. That shouldn't be her life. That shouldn't be the life of any woman in this country. They should be free to move around unencumbered, unaccosted, wherever they like. What is this country full of fucking animals? You can't hold back from bothering somebody just because they happen to be attractive or catch your fancy? Jesus Christ. I got to be honest, I... Um, when I was growing up, and I'm 16, 17 years old, I'll be honest, you'd look at a girl and you'd say, man, she's hot, or she's beautiful, or she's cute. But it never occurred to me to walk up and say something abusive or, or, or cruel or rude to these women. Why would I do that? Maybe I was raised better than uh, many of these folks, yes, my dad was a racist, sociopathic, narcissist, but my mom was a very sweet, loving, good woman. And fortunately, I got more of her than I got of my dad. But that that really upset me because I thought, you know, at this point I was young, but I was married, and I thought, I could have a daughter. I don't want to deal with my daughter getting accosted every time she goes outdoors. Now, I'm sure that doesn't happen to every woman, but it shouldn't happen to any women. You see the parallel between racism and women. The 60s were a big time for getting rights for people of color and, and, and women. We had civil rights, we had women's rights, and uh, that couldn't have come soon enough. But it hasn't changed how pieces of shit react to other human beings. We have racists that will say and do crazy shit, but we also have, we can't forget that we have pieces of shit that will accost, harass, and even abuse women. We need to address that. If the parents can't raise their kids to be polite, gentlemen who know how to deal with other people, especially women, then we've got a fucking problem. Again, I've said this before. I think we can trace everything back that's bad in this country to shitty parents. If you don't teach your kids not to be racist and not to accost and abuse women, you are a piece of shit. You shouldn't have been allowed to have children. So I'm going to be interested to see what this release of Bill Cosby does. I know it's going to upset Andrea Constand. I know it's going to upset the 50 other women that have claims against Bill Cosby. 
I know they're going to feel defeated and sad, and I'm sorry for that. They should not be put in this position because when are people that do these things to women finally going to be punished? If we don't punish these people, then it will never stop. Or are they like pedophiles where you can't rehabilitate them? They're always going to do it. Then we have to take them out of society because this is America. This is the land of the free. People of color, women, have just as much right as old white men to be free and unencumbered without being harassed day to day. But that's what we're seeing. We're getting it with the police, with the people of color. We're getting it with men, with women. That's fucked up. This is 2021. It's time we change some things. Time we take care of the problems we have and make sure the people that do them are punished so we can finally put an end to this. If you believe that we are all free, then you have to believe that we've got to stop racism and the attacks on women. I don't know what the answer is, but I think talking about it, speaking out about it, the Me Too thing, that was important. A lot of people were angry about that, but Jesus Christ, if you were accosted all the time and abused, wouldn't you say something? Shouldn't you say something? And shouldn't we do something? I fucking think so. I don't know. I I don't mean to get upset about this, but as I said, I'm very much against bullying. My father was a bully. And when I got to the point where he couldn't bully me anymore, I said, I'm not going to let this motherfucker bully, and I'm not going to allow anybody else to bully me. And if I see somebody else bullying somebody else, I will need to step in because that shit has to stop. And that's what we're looking at with racism. That's what we're looking at with the assaults on women. And it's not getting better when a Pennsylvania Supreme Court lets an admitted criminal free for some bullshit technicality. We need to look at the justice system. There are people sitting in jail for marijuana for 20, 30 years, but there are people like Derek Chauvin who kill a black man on camera that are put in jail for 22 years. How do you fucking explain that? Well, the justice system needs to be revamped. And that's one of the things we need to look at as a people that we need to change. There's a lot of things we need to change in this country after the four years with Donald Trump, but we can't forget about the justice system and we can't forget about the plight of people of color and women who are constantly being bullied. I'll try to lighten it up. We'll be back in about 35 seconds. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days In, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. All right, we are back. I'm going to talk a little quasi-politics here, as we normally do. <laughs> well, I did a TikTok about uh, Tucker Carlson. Now, he's a notable piece of shit. He works on a network that is 
the fucking worst, well, not the worst, but among the worst networks. We know that Tucker Carlson was taken to court for certain things that he said, and uh, he explained to the court, well, nobody would ever believe me. I'm not a newsman. They can naturally figure out that what I'm saying is hyperbole or not true. That was his that was his defense and you know what it fucking worked. He got off. But still there are so many people that think he's a newsman telling the truth, telling the facts. They listen to it, they eat it up and they use it as the truth. Even when Tucker Carlson admitted, "No, nah, that's not the truth. I I don't say anything that people should take seriously." Well, Tucker Carlson was on TV recently doing his shit show, because that's what it is, a shit show, and he was whining because he claims the NSA is reading his emails and texts, and he's appalled by this. He said he got it through a whistleblower. Now, that's interesting that he would mention a whistleblower, I think, mainly because didn't Donald Trump and Hannity and Tucker and all these fucking Republicans whine and cry about whistleblowers back during the impeachments? Yeah, they didn't like whistleblowers. They thought they should be exposed. They should be put on trial. They should be punished. I wouldn't be surprised if they wanted them executed. I bet you Donald Trump did. But now Tucker is getting information about the NSA allegedly reading his emails, intercepting his emails, and he got it from a whistleblower. How things come around, right? Now he's all for the whistleblower because he's given him information that's valuable to him. Now, when I first saw that, I thought, oh, shit, Tucker's just pulling another thing out of his ass so that he can get ratings. I mean, he brought up the whole FBI thing with with the insurrection, which made no goddamn sense because it was the FBI under the Trump tutelage. So he's saying Trump went against Trump with the FBI. That held no weight. That had no substance. So that went by the wayside. So now I have to come up with something else. I'm being surveilled by the NSA. And this isn't right. This isn't American. This is the Biden people going overreaching against the media (laughs) really really i mean this is coming from a guy who supported donald trump who kicked jim acosta out of the white house press room because he didn't like what acosta was saying but now you're upset that they're attacking the media well, let's remember, you're not a news source. You're not a news network. You're just some fucking dancing monkey that says whatever the fuck he wants. So you don't fall under those guidelines of protection of the news. You're just a fucking idiot. You're like uh, a comedian dancing around, you know, 
take that old phrase from the old show, a little song, a little dance, a little seltzer in my pants. That's Tucker Carlson. That's what you're worth. But now you're upset because the NSA may be listening to you. Well, the NSA heard him and they said, uh, yeah, Tucker Carlson never has been, never will be. Well, he didn't say never will be. He says he is not a target and never was a target. That means the NSA isn't focusing in on Tucker Carlson about any crimes. But they didn't say that Tucker Carlson wasn't being surveilled. They didn't say they weren't reading his email. So what could that mean? Well, the NSA went on to say that um, they don't deal with domestic issues. They deal with foreign issues only. So Tucker's a domestic issue because he lives in the United States. But wait, Tucker could still be involved. I mean, if Tucker Carlson was communicating and consorting with some foreign entity that might be suspect or might be criminal, then they could be theoretically looking at his emails and his text, not for the sake of Tucker Carlson, but for the sake of the foreign entity. Now, the fact that Tucker Carlson just happened to be talking to this foreign entity Yeah, they may have read his emails or some of his text because they're surveilling the foreign entities, and that's exactly what the NSA does. So, Tucker, you can whine and cry about them looking at you, but if you're dealing with people outside this country that are suspect, you got to know you're on notice because Donald Trump can't protect you anymore. He can't hide you anymore. Joe Biden's your daddy. Joe Biden's the captain now, and he doesn't run the NSA like Donald Trump would run the DOJ or the NSA. They run their own ship. Yes, Biden oversees it, but they make their own decisions and choices as to who they investigate. And they investigate foreign entities that may be suspect or might be dangerous to this country. So now does that say that you're talking to somebody outside this country that might be a danger to this country? Now that's not so hard to believe given the fact that you called COVID a hoax and 500, 600,000 people have died or that you said the insurrection was just a nice little tourist trip when people died and were injured and they were trying to overturn the government. You seem to be a treasonist. You seem to be somebody who's fighting against this government. You seem to be somebody who wants to undermine democracy. So it would make sense that you were talking to somebody who wants the same that happens to be in a foreign country. Look, Tucker, the government wants to get you. They're going to get you, and there ain't nothing you can do about it. You aren't powerful enough. Fox isn't powerful enough. If they want to take you down, they will take you down. If they want to look at your emails and text because you're dealing with somebody who might be a criminal, well, too fucking bad. You should think more about who you're working with and understand that you might be under the microscope, too. So, Tucker, you can whine and cry all you want about whether the NSA is looking at you. And nobody knows for sure because they didn't admit it. But they did make some assumptions here, and they didn't say they weren't. So you got to wonder. Maybe they are. And you know what? 
as an American in this country, knowing what I know about the NSA and knowing what I know about this situation, I hope they're fucking looking at you because it's about time we protect this country from outside entities like Russia or, or whoever. Because Donald Trump let him run rampant, and you allowed him to do it by your reporting and by your show. So if the NSA is looking at you, Tucker Carlson, fucking good. Because you're probably dealing with somebody that's criminal, that's a danger to this country, and we already know that you're a fucking danger to this country. So too goddamn bad. All your whining and crying isn't going to change anything because, again, Donald Trump's not in charge. Donald Trump's sitting in New Jersey, shitting his pants, doing shitty rally tours. And now you want to talk about a segue. Let's talk about the rallies. Now, you see Donald Trump as, uh, oh, I, I had one thing, uh, other thing to say about the Tucker Carlson story. Just one thing. Uh, fuck you, Tucker Carlson. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Trump briefly as we get toward the end of this podcast. Donald Trump is starting up his white supremacy tour once again. He's doing rallies. And why is he doing rallies? Because that's all the fuck he couldn't do. He couldn't govern when he was president. All he did whenever he got in trouble was go out and do a rally to show what big crowds he could pull. Talk some shit. Rant. Rave. Threaten. Do all these things. Show everybody how powerful Donald Trump is. Well, in fact, it showed how weak he was because that's all he had. All he had was rhetoric and hyperbole and bullshit. That's the only thing that he could do to make himself look strong. Anybody with half a brain could realize that that was ridiculous. Now, <laughs> the 30% that have less than half a brain uh, couldn't see that. They're all over it. But here's what's interesting. Here's what's very interesting. We talked about Bill Cosby in Pennsylvania earlier. We talked about D.A. Castor, who allegedly cut the deal with Bill Cosby. And now then, um, Castor represented Trump in the, in the uh, impeachment cases. And now Donald Trump is starting off his tour in Ohio. It's interesting, isn't it? These are both important sing, uh, swing states. These are important places where Donald Trump lost, in Pennsylvania anyway, um, that he wants to change. So I have to wonder if Donald Trump's influence isn't affecting this Bill Cosby thing. I don't know for sure, but it's interesting. But now he's in Ohio because he thinks it's a swing state and he needs to get some power. But he didn't go there to try to get votes for himself or anybody else that is a Republican. He went there to try to take down a Republican that had the audacity to speak against him. That's what he does. He's not a positive or a move-forward guy. He's a negative, tear-down, break, and destroy. You want evidence? Look at the last four years and look at this fucking country. That's exactly what he did. So he gives this speech in Ohio. He always talks about the huge crowds. Well, about two to 3,000 people showed up. These are the people that could 
pull enough gas money out of their sofas so they could actually get in the middle of nowhere so that they could listen to their Lord and Savior speak. Now, the problem with Donald Trump when it comes to public speaking, he doesn't know when to quit. He just keeps going and going. He thinks he's a dictator, that he can hold these people wrapped for hours and hours and hours. Well, this speech went about 90 minutes or more. And there's video that shows people walking out halfway through the thing because, well, they were fucking bored. These are people with subpar intelligence. They don't have a lot of attention span. And even if Donald Trump is up there talking, eventually it wears off and they think, fuck, (laughs) I got a date with my cousin and there's a lot of beer. I got to get out of here. So that's what they did. And a lot of people left. Part of the reason why they left was Donald Trump was doing the same old prattle, talking the same old shit. Every time you go to a rally with Donald Trump, it's the same thing. Election fraud. Everybody's trying to beat me up. Everybody's trying to steal from me. I need your help. I need your fucking money. That's always the case whenever you hear Donald Trump. He's always grifting for money. And these dumb shits always send him the money. Well, now, even these people were getting bored. Because not only was it the same old shit over and over again, but uh, he was almost unintelligible. Yeah, he was up there. You know, everybody talks about Joe Biden, how bad he is cognitively, that he doesn't speak well or he's got dementia or something like that. I've never really seen that with Joe Biden. Granted, he is not a gifted speaker, but he's a clear, intelligent speaker. He does have trouble with stuttering. And that's, that's admirable what it, where he's come from with that. He's a good speaker, but, he's, but he has hitches in his speech because of that stuttering problem. But he's done a great job with it. Now, Donald Trump is an entirely different thing. If you watched any cuts from that speech in Ohio, you saw slurring. You saw misuse of words. You saw mispronunciations of words. A lot of them. So much so, if he had been pulled over by the cops, he might have been tested for drinking because he looked like he was impaired. So I wanted to, on one of the TikToks, I gave an instance of this unintelligible speak or mixing up of things. (laughs) And there was one that was particularly funny. He was in Ohio. So now he was trying to... um, endear himself with the Ohioans, and he wanted to bring up a favorite son. And that favorite son he was going to bring up was Neil Armstrong. And Neil Armstrong is a full-blown official hero, first man on the moon. He was a hero, and he was part of my youth when I was watching all this going on with Neil Armstrong. So Donald Trump was trying to talk about Neil Armstrong and Talk about how brave a guy he was. But apparently in the whole process, he forgot Neil Armstrong's name because when he was talking about Neil Armstrong, he never mentioned his name. Now, either he doesn't know how to set up a story or he just flat forgot and he thought he could just keep going and hope nobody noticed. I'm guessing the latter. So anyway, it culminates to the point where he says, there's this brave man. You know who I'm talking about. And all he's trying to do is dredge up some drama. Oh, get some public interaction. 
and and the people were yelling some things out. He said, this brave young man landed on a plant. (laughs) What the fuck does that mean? Well, here's the deal. What he was supposed to say is this brave young man, Neil Armstrong, landed on the moon and planted an American flag on the moon. He's a hero. He's our man. He's full American. And that's what Donald Trump is about. But he couldn't get it out, clearly. He forgot the guy's name. He couldn't finish the sentence properly. And he looked like an idiot doing it. Now, it's funny, when I brought both those situations of people walking out and him making a fool of himself in front of the microphone, people would come up to me or in post say to me, oh, that video was just fake when people were walking out. That was faked. But they don't mention the problem with his speaking because you can't deny that. He's slurring. He isn't talking in complete sentences. He's misusing and mispronouncing words. This guy has some cognitive cognitive problems, either that or he's doing drugs, and there's always been some concern with him doing Adderall. Some people even say cocaine. I don't know. Whatever he's doing, it makes him shit his pants and sound like that. So I'd think, Donnie, maybe get another drug, because this one isn't working for you. So anyway... These people walk away from this thing, and I think this is evidence of how this is going to go with Donald Trump. We've got indictments coming against his company, against people in his company, ultimately against him. That's going to come up tomorrow. I was going to go into that more today, but I talked about it last time, and I don't really want to go into it too deeply until I know exactly what's happening tomorrow at two o'clock. And when that comes out, then I'll probably do another podcast and try to explain what was going on there. Uh, But anyway, Donald Trump's, the interest in Donald Trump is dropping every day. Now, the way it went, you have 30% of the people that are rabid fans that will believe anything he does. They always refer to the 71 million that or 74 million that voted for him. But what they don't say is that 74 did vote for them, but they're not all rabid fucking idiots like the people who are his base. These are people who can't vote for Democrats under any reason, uh, under any circumstances. These are people who have always voted Republican, will always vote Republican, regardless who is the candidate. Now, that doesn't mean they like or appreciate anything Donald Trump has done or they agree with it. That's just who they are. They can't vote Democrat. They got to vote Republican. That's why you get 74 million people voting for Donald Trump. But more and more of this stuff is coming off and these people are falling by the wayside. He's not going to get the crowds he used to get because it's down to 30 percent of this country that think he's reasonable. After you see an insurrection and him inciting the insurrection and then deny it, the people who watched it on TV that have some common sense, some logic, maybe above average intelligence, they can't buy into that, and they didn't. So those people that voted for Donald Trump probably are not on his side right now. And that's where Liz Cheney is smart. She knows that that Trump crowd is going to fade away and die. So she's not going to stick with it. She's going to stay in the middle, stay conservative. And when that does fall off the fucking table, 
she's going to be in charge. Kevin McCarthy and all these other idiots that follow Donald Trump, they're thinking short term. And as more and more things come out about Donald Trump, his appeal is going to drop off significantly. It already has considerably. There's maybe 26% of the people in this country that want him to run again in 2024. He lost the popular vote two times, and now he's dropped off the table as far as popularity. Generally speaking, he's not going to run in 2024. That's assuming he's not in jail or so encumbered with bankruptcies and bullshit. He's not going to run in 2024. And somebody said, will you promise me that? Well, I'm not, I'm not a psychic, but with everything I know right now, yeah. I can promise you Donald Trump will not run in 2024. I'm thinking he may not even be a factor in any way in 2022, but I'll keep my fingers crossed for that one. Anyhow, Donald Trump is fading right now. His cognitive abilities are suspect at best. It's either drugs or his dementia or his old age or whatever. But he has a problem in front of a crowd. And if anybody who is a Trump fan tells you that Joe Biden has a problem, all I have to do is take these two videos, run them side by side, and uh, it's pretty clear who's got the problems. Not to mention he wasn't smart enough to be president of the United States and do anything of any worth while he was there. So those of you still worried about Donald Trump and doing the rallies, don't. That's starting to fade. He's not going to run again in 2024. In 2022, he'll probably so be so wrapped up in legal issues that he won't even be a factor. The people that have followed him will lose out considerably. The people that stepped away from him in the Republican Party, they'll end up taking control and there'll be a shift back to that. It's probably going to take till after the 22 election when they get devastated then they're going to abandon trump and abandon all that bullshit and then try to come back and say yeah we didn't believe in that don't let them do it hold everybody accountable that stuck with trump with with trump trump (laughs) because we don't want those motherfuckers back we know what they want and what they like and what they will do we never want to see that back in this country again all right i'm going to wrap things up Again, I want to remind you, I want you to uh, participate in this podcast. It's not just about me. Well, it kind of is because I'm the only one talking here. But it's about you, too. I want to hear your comments, your questions, your ideas for things to talk about. Maybe information I don't have that you can provide. You can leave a voicemail message on uh, anchor.fm. Or if you're more shy, you can send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. I'll keep an eye on those things. If I get a question or comment, I'll certainly incorporate them in the program. Uh, If you don't want your name or you don't want your voice on, I'll respect that and just transcribe the information and, and do it that way. So I hope you have a good week. Tomorrow's a big day. We'll see what happens. And I'll be back here on the podcast again probably tomorrow night to talk about what happened with the indictments and the Trump organization. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.